0: Welcome to Stage 16. We are back after a, a bit of an absence. Uh, you know, Robert's out there putting people in houses. I'm out here trying to make movies. And, uh, you know, it's time it's time, time goes by. It's life. But uh, we are yeah. back for, for those of you who are interested and those of you who are here to listen. Um, what's the word, Roberts?
1: Well, here's the word. It is 236. 236- PM Central Time on Tuesday, May twenty fourth, where I'm at. And in four hours and uh, four hours and twenty-four minutes, I will be seeing Top Gun Maverick and an early advanced IMAX stand event screening is what it's called, which is basically an excuse to overcharge people like myself to go see it a couple of days early, which I'm glad. <laughs>
0: right. Right
1: uh, yeah. Um, yeah, so very very excited about that. Been waiting 36 years. The teaser trailer came out three years ago. We've had endless conversations on this show about, you know, basically cussing Paramount up in town to <laughs> know what they did. You yeah. had, you know, you've had a lot of concerns about um, about Joseph Kaczynski the director, which apparently seemed to be unfounded in this case. You've had, We both had concerns about, well, maybe the movie's just not very good, and that's why Paramount just doesn't want to release it. All evidence to the contrary, based on the reviews, and it's. Uh, I and the next episode we do, we'll have both seen Top Gun Maverick. I'll have seen it probably three times by then.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I'm seeing it. Uh, I'm seeing it on Friday in IMAX. So I'm going again PM. on
1: Saturday. Yeah, so I'll definitely see it twice because I already have tickets for Saturday. <laughs> but it's it's exciting because the. You, what I found is you see when they have like an industry screening or like a press screening or whatever, early tweets come out before the embargo for reviews is lifted. And it tends to be a lot of just hardcore fanboys that are going, Oh my God, it's the greatest thing ever. I remember after they did that for The Rise of Skywalker, like there were some tweets that were coming out going, the Greatest Star Wars movie ever. So emotional and not, not real. Like, you know, and the reviews come out and people see the films like, yeah, I think you guys walked out of that screening a little too hot. So about a month ago, that happened. The Top Gun the word was coming out. And we just recorded right after this. And we basically spent 30 minutes talking about it, about what those tweets were. And you hope and pray that when the reviews come out, that it is, it's, you know, the people are excited about it and that it's good. And as of this moment, it holds a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes. And every review that I've read, it basically said it's the greatest, it's the greatest film in probably decades to come out of Hollywood as <laughs> big-budget blockbuster summer film. Yeah,
0: they those, those reviews are pretty stellar.
1: And even the ones like Deadline, Reporter variety, the ones that are usually, to me, very... Um, they're hard on movies, especially Hollywood movies, you know. They're, they're just – I'm not a big fan of the trade reviews because I find that sometimes they're a little arrogant in how they review it, like a big Hollywood film like that. But even those are saying the best thing ever.
0: Yeah, well, I could not be more excited. I was trying to stay tempered. Um, I hope that despite my high expectations, I will still be happy. But I did get to talk to Joe Kaczynski briefly. And I said, look, you know, I won't I won't talk about it anywhere. But now that it's uh, other people talked about it, I said, look, man, I got to tell you, if you start the movie with that Faltermeyer score and I wasn't even thinking danger zone. But I'm like, if you start that Faltermeyer score and the, the, the drum beat when the Paramount logo comes up and the the bell and the title treatment is the same, like you'll have already gotten me. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll I'll be I'll be fifty percent of the way there if you do that. And, and what he, said? he he said you're going to be very happy. It's the first thing. Well, you
1: apparently know. that yeah, it, that's exactly what they do, and the movie literally opens exactly like that. He said he wanted it to be that way because he wanted it to be like feel like Star Wars, like when you when the new Star Wars movies, the new trilogy premiered and the prequels whatever premiered it started out exactly like it with the opening crawl The you know, it started out exactly like you wanted it to. And he said that he looked at the Baltimore score and he looked at the beginning of this film with them on aircraft carrier set to that music. He basically wanted to just literally recreate that to drop you right back into it. And that, that's a bold choice. And it's smart because you know, I think a less, a less inclined filmmaker may have gone, no, I don't, you know, look, I don't want people to, you know, this is my film. I don't want it to be different. I don't want this people to think we're doing a retry of Top Gun, which they're not. But by doing that, it immediately puts you in that mode. And you know, everything I've read about it said it, it is the perfect amount of, of, you know, just kind of revisiting the original Top Gun and callbacks to it by, by creating its own film and not being you know too hung up on the first one but it really is because it's all you know they said that the ghost of goose literally is over this entire film and uh you know but then they're saying and there was one tweet that came out that i remember a month ago and i'm like god that's you're saying that and it was somebody that said my mind is blown i'm you know absolutely love talking about it. it's one of my favorite films ever this film is better and i saw that and i went god man i can't even imagine. That's what most of these reviews, as well, are saying. They're going to...
0: well. Yeah, but that's the thing. People are saying it's a better film. Yeah, as like you know, it's it's a more. I don't know. I I there are a lot of people that look at Top Gun, particularly people who who didn't see it when it was new and they've seen it since, or they've seen it since. You know the the Tarantino diatribe about it being a homoerotic movie and all this kind of stuff. you know, certainly Tony Scott said he was influenced by the the photographer that was doing the picture of all the naked guys all that's oiled all up it. and stuff I like mean, that. I mean, yeah, and that's
1: good. Yeah, oh.
0: but but the thing is, like you know, people look at it now. If if they're younger people and they see it now, they're like, "Well, it's it's cheesy." Um, we don't see it that way. Yeah, we're looking you know, at people it we're,
1: we're looking at it. Yeah,
0: yeah. but. The thing is that supposedly the new one is in a way addresses that it's like you said, it's it's sort of um, it's it's melding the two sort of movies together in a way that is respectful of the original and and has callbacks to it, but is really a dramatic movie like I mean. I guess you could make the correlation that Cruz is doing what he did with Mission Impossible, right? Because the Mission Impossible TV series in the '60s was was what a lot of things in the '60s were. Yeah. And when you look at them now, they're they're a little bit campy, they're a little bit silly. A lot of the stuff doesn't quite work anymore. So he paid homage to all those things in in the original Mission Impossible and and the sequels, all the six other movies, and it becomes like this fresh new take, right? So I that's think a, what he's trying to do, and you and I talked about this earlier too, because I said maybe there are more movies in this franchise to be made with this younger cast, or maybe there's a Paramount Plus limited Paramount series Plus theory, or whatever it's yeah. going to be. Yeah. And I think that's that's really smart. I mean, they have to, these days, yeah. you're going to make a sequel to to a movie that, you know, the release is 36 years after the first one. You can't make it so connected to the first one that, an audience now doesn't get it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. 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 Well, I'll let you know in six hours, because i will about six and a half hours, I will be out of the film. And it will, you know, it's a, big, it's a big night, big night in the Roberts household. It's uh, pretty exciting. I had tickets for Thursday, and then they added this fan event screening in IMAX two nights early. So I immediately canceled Thursday tickets and bought these. And this was about three weeks ago. And I looked at it, as of yesterday, and the entire theater sold out. So, <laughs> I haven't checked mine. Be- I, wa-
0: I wonder if mine is sold out. But you know, um, for people who don't know, I'm I live in the Czech Republic. I'm in I'm in Prague, which is a beautiful city. But the Czechs uh, do not go to movies the way Americans do. They're not very demonstrative overall. Uh, no, you know, not a blanket statement. Obviously, people are individuals. But I can honestly say I've been here about six years, seven years. I have never been in a cinema where people, I don't know, clapped out loud like, you know, at a sequence or, you know, like you, the, the, the viral video of Avengers Endgame when Captain America caught Thor's hammer and people just absolutely went nuts. Like never seen anything. you remotely close to that here, which frankly for me is tough. It's a, it's a bit of a bummer because I love yeah. an active audience.
1: Yeah, well, I'm expecting that tonight with this fan event. I mean, it's literally what's called—it's early fan event, like twenty dollars a ticket. I mean, it's—it's it's, you know, it is for hardcore fans that are want to see it as early as possible, spend as most as much money as possible, and uh, that's what I expect tonight. But I think it's going to open big this weekend, and I tell you why because obviously the reviews are just people are just watching that stuff and, and reading these reviews and, and and that's getting people excited. But I've been tracking my local AMC theater tickets went on sale about maybe three weeks ago. And I've been kind of tracking the weekend and I can get on the website and I can look and see, cause it's reserved seating here. So I can see what seats are gone. And it's just been kind of fun to watch that because I've looked again today and I'm seeing like the Friday, Saturday, the bulk of the show times are sold out where two weeks ago they weren't and a week ago it was like half sold you know so i'm seeing people want to go in and buy more and more seats and buy more tickets to see that as the buzz the last couple of weeks has really grown so i think uh for an adult movie you know that is something that is uh you know sequel to a film from 36 years ago i think it's i think it's gonna it's gonna open monstrous and i think it's gonna be big
0: What's uh? I mean, you're the box office guy. What's your prediction?
1: Over, well, I don't know. So it, it, it's a holiday weekend too, right? So I mean, I would say over the three days—Monday or Friday, Saturday, Sunday—and you include Thursday in that. I think probably north of a hundred million. And I think if you tack on Monday too, the holiday, day, which is everybody's all—I don't know, man—hundred twenty, hundred, $120, 100, 125 million over the four days plus. Because
0: they, because there are a lot of people, obviously the the hype machine is up. I don't know if you saw the uh, the James Corden show. I did. It's funny, uh, but that that whole sequence was great. But the hype machine is in is in full swing. However, again, you know, thirty six year old movie certainly going to hit with with men of a certain age of our age. Uh, does that crossover for women uh, in terms of awareness? Does that crossover for eighteen yeah. and younger? I mean, I saw. I think this is
1: going to be a crossover thing. I don't. I don't think it's going to open with like Marvel money, but I think that it's going. I think this is the sort of thing that's going to cross past just you know people in their forties that you know, grew up with the first Top Gun, whatever, and go into a younger generation.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that's the thing. I was, uh, it was 86. So I was 11 years old when it came out, when the original came out. Yeah. And it's, it was not a movie for 11 year olds, but damn sure I saw it multiple times in the theater. And it was like, it was, it was a big deal for me as a kid. So, yeah, I mean, I remember I had, we had like a, I had like a, tiger scout uniform cub scout uniform yeah and it was the tan you know thing and i went to an army surplus store and bought myself a, a set of wings and put them on there and my friends and i would play top gun <laughs> as kids
1: you know when I, so i was eight years i was born in December 78 so i would have been seven and a half of that when that came out um so younger than you but i do one thing i distinctly remember that was one of the first vhs cassette releases to be priced to sell through. Like you remember VHS releases, used, they would come out and they'd be like 89 Like 98 yeah, bucks. Like $98 and then after like a year, it would drop down to where you can actually afford to buy. Top Gun was one of the first VHS's to be released at like a 24.95 MSRP. And I do distinctly remember, like my dad reserving it, you know, to go buy it the day it came out at the video store. This is before Best Buy, this was before Circuit City, and all that, where you went into a video store to buy a movie. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's just one of those things that sticks in my mind. So I'm excited, and yeah, and here's something else to think about with that that's interesting is, in 45 days from Friday, it it may very well be on Paramount Plus. I mean that's what they they've done that with their Paramount releases and Cruise you know Cruz is is different in how he's allowing some of that to happen or whatever. But I remember that when Paramount made that announcement like a year ago that their films 45 days later were going to go on on the Paramount Plus app. Top Gun Maverick was mentioned in there as one that, that is planned for that to happen, and it's happened with. um Sandra Bullock movie that just, what was that one called? The Lost City.
0: Yeah, I watched Literally,
1: that. Literally. Yeah. I did too. On day 45, that comes on the app. And the new screen this year was a Paramount release, day 45. So Paramount's not going to be talking about that for the next month because they want people to go see it in the theater. They don't want them to go, you know, have like a release date for Paramount Plus. But it's going to be interesting to see if in a mere six weeks, if that is available. To watch at home on that app i think it's going to because by that point too, it only has these premium theaters for two weeks you know and that's where most of the money in these films is made but in two weeks jurassic world 3 is going into imax and then you have after that uh there's a new toy story spinoff buzz or whatever that's going into imax so
0: oh Lightyear, yeah
1: yeah so it really has this kind of two week period where i think the and that's with most movies, big movies like this, where the bulk of the money is going to be made on these premium IMAX, Dolby Cinema, you know, these large premium format theaters. So I think it's absolutely realistic that July 10th or 12th or whatever that would be that we're going to wake up and turn on camera plus and there it is. Crazy to think about, too.
0: Yeah, we'll see if if, uh, good old TC allows for that. But, um...
1: So on yeah. the next episode we will have both seen it and we'll have we'll probably have to devote at least half the episode to talking about it. We I feel like we've devoted half this episode to talking about it. <laughs> we haven't even seen it. But let's let's move on. So while we're on the cruise kick, uh how about that new Mission Impossible trailer that released yesterday?
0: Yeah, so Dead Reckoning Part One. Yeah. Really impressive trailer. Now you and I texted back and forth about this, but Go ahead and tell people your theory, because when you texted it to me, I was like, holy shit, he's right. So tell tell people about that.
1: I noticed it immediately, watching the trailer for the first time, that it looks like a lot of the locations, set pieces, sequences from the prior Mission Impossible films were revisited in this. Like, the opening scene where they're, like, at a club, it looked like the scene from The Last Mission Possible, you know, where he, they parachuted in, and they were running around that club before they had to fight in the bathroom. The train stuff, you know, which looks like that might be the big finale, looks... Well, there were shots in there, I was going, that's absolutely like... There's him hanging off the side of the train Is revisited from the first time.
0: Yeah, the callback from the original, yeah.
1: Yeah, there was a scene where... Ethan Hunt and a villain are on a bridge in Paris and like the villain pulls out a sword or a knife and like that exact bridge and that exact nighttime setting, everything was in mission one, him racing around the streets of Paris in a vehicle and a girl and just tear assing around these, you know, cobblestone streets. I went, that was from fallout. So I don't know, like, I don't think that there's a way that's a coincidence. I really feel like that this film does, does revisit, you know, the previous films and somehow it's almost like, Ethan, you're going back on all of your prior missions. I, I don't know how well, to yeah, do that. yeah, I mean, I,
0: maybe they're going to tie that back. I mean, yeah, the desert stuff is Ghost Protocol. Um yeah. Yeah, I'm curious there, to see.
1: There's no way that's a coincidence. Like, there's no way that I was watching that and going, "That's a coincidence," I and mean, that's absolutely how it has to be. Well,
0: it's funny though because I didn't think of it until until you mentioned it. I was like, "Wow, yeah, he's he's right. This this stuff is all going back now." Maybe that all ties back to the syndicate maybe, because we're still in that storyline of Solomon. Yeah. What's his name? And uh, yeah. you know, Macquarie's at the helm. So these these movies are certainly linked. Um, yeah. So yeah, you know something else um,
1: interesting in that trailer too is the big one of the major stunts in this film we we saw online a year ago because it was behind the scenes of filming it and it was Ethan Hunt driving that motorcycle off a cliff and then parachuting down, and it was odd seeing it out of context a year ago because there was this crazy ramp that was yeah. that looked like something out of Triple X or Fast and Furious yeah and it looked like that was. Part of the setting the yeah.
0: Like that was going to be in the scene, yeah. and I was like, "Wait, how how does that work?" I didn't work?
1: understand it, and now it makes sense because you saw it in the trailer, and they, they digitally removed that, and it looks like he's just driving off the side of a cliff. Yeah, they
0: painted it out.
1: That's pretty damn impressive. I mean, the way, and it was. It's interesting watching it a year early behind the scenes how they did that because you saw like a helicopter and a drone right above Cruz as he's going. And then that's the shot that's in the film where it's above him as he drives off. And then as he jumps, you know, he jumps off and is going down into the abyss. Pretty awesome.
0: Well, I got to tell you, people, people have no idea these days how much normal, you know, production tools are Painted out of shots. I mean, right. Going back to Maverick for a minute, I I had a conversation with the uh, supervising location manager. He's pretty much a legend in the business, guy named Mike Fantasia, and we had a conversation about the bar setting in Maverick, which you know they they could have gone back to Kansas City Barbecue down in San Diego um, from that's from the first movie, but that location is tied kind of to Charlie and she's not obviously in this movie. And so they looked at a bunch of different places, like where could we have this bar that the new generation of pilots goes to? And they went up and down the coast from Ventura County all the way down to almost the you know Mexican border. And ultimately, for the needs of what they wanted to do in the film, which has multiple scenes in this bar, they sort of said, well, I think we just need to build it. So they built uh, what's in the film called the hard deck bar, um, on the base that the base in Coronado has a a beachfront. And so they built this bar specifically because they needed to be there for a while and they couldn't possibly take over a real bar for that long. And they built it so that they could shoot interior and exterior, but the exterior to get, the equipment and stuff down to this beach they had to basically build kind of a road out of these giant planks that they brought in and so there are some exterior shots from the beach to the bar but there's planking all around it and so they use CG you know that he was like it's crazy in this movie mm-hmm. that the plain stuff you're seeing is real yeah but the stuff they had to paint out was like this planking yeah. and rigging on the exterior of this bar that we built. <laughs> and I was like, that's pretty yeah, incredible. That, that is, but that's yeah. what they're doing these days. I mean, yeah. they're just, you know, you don't have to worry. In fact, I heard um, um, we'll talk about it in a second. But uh, George Miller has a new movie. The director of uh, Mad Max Fury Road has a, a new film coming out uh, that just played at Cannes. And he was talking about, you know, he hates doing ADR which for anyone who doesn't know is additional dialogue recording or automated dialogue recording where, you know, a plane goes over when they're shooting a scene and they have to they have to redo the line. So three months later in post, they have the actor come and stand in front of a microphone and they show the scene on a, on a movie screen in front of them. And they have to try to match the intensity or match. You know, they match the line It's really hard to do, it's hard for the actors, it sucks for the filmmakers, it never quite sounds 100%. You can usually, if you have an ear for it at all, you can tell when a line has been ADR'd. Um, And so he was talking about how you can have the boom like in the frame now, you know, when, when Sean Roberts and I were on sets, occasionally you would cut a shot because the boom operator would kind of dip too low into yeah. the frame, and somebody would be like, "Boom, we got we got the boom in the shot," and you'd be like, "All right, cut or reset or whatever." Right. You don't have to do that anymore. Like you just have to tell the actors, "Hey, by the way, we're gonna get this mic pretty close to your face, but don't worry, we're gonna CG it out." Which is that's a, 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 an astonishing development to be able to do that.
1: Yeah, technology for you, buddy. It's always changing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, so the thing I just mentioned, the George Miller, have you seen that trailer? It's Idris Elba and, um, and have not, Tilda no. Swinton. It's called mm-hmm. 3000 years of longing. It looks, um, it looks super weird. Honestly, it, it mm-hmm. looks a little bit like, like kind of, um, Amelie. There's sequences mm-hmm. in where the color palette is really like Amelie and it's Idris Elba plays a genie who gets let out of a bottle. Uh, And is talking to this woman in her hotel and telling her about all the wishes he's granted, and you're seeing it throughout history and throughout, I guess, you know, real history and fake history and lots of CG, lots of crazy visuals. Um, And I think it says something like, you know, from the twisted genius mind of George Miller, it's – I don't think you'll respond to it, Roberts, but I like George Miller, and I like Idris, and I like Tilda Swinton, so – it's something I will check out.
1: I will check it out as well. Hey, um, speaking of things to check out, um, how about that new trailer for uh, Thor 11 Thunder that popped last Well,
0: night. I was just going to talk about that. Um, so, yeah, yeah, Thor 11 Thunder dropped its, its actual trailer as opposed to the teaser, which we got a little taste of things. The teaser yeah. had no Christian Bale in it, no Russell yeah. Crowe in it. Uh, this trailer, we see both of them. Uh, we see a lot of Christian Bale and a sort of visual aesthetic that Taika Waititi has done, which to me looks really cool.
1: Yeah, that looks fun. And uh, it's almost like Christian it, Bale it's looks, like Christian Bale looks awesome in that. Yeah, he's like
0: is, he's like skinny and bald, and it looks like Skeletor. he exists in some sort of like colorless world. He's every yeah. time he comes in, like, everything gets infused with, like, black and white, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just really incredible looking.
1: Yeah, that is, uh, it looks like a lot of fun, and it does, they they're leaning heavily into the comedy stuff with that, with this one. Which is it's great, which is
0: great. I mean, that's, yeah, I agree. what Taika brought yeah. to the last one, I mean, I laughed at that easily as much as some straight-ahead comedies that I've seen in the last few years, not that there have been a lot, but yeah, he, the the way that he utilizes humor within the the sort of sphere of that character and how that character reacts to things. Yeah, I just I laughed at the teaser, so I, I'm definitely. I mean, you know me, Marvel fan in general, but I'm into it.
1: And I'm not a Marvel fan, in general. It's one of the few Marvel films that I actually will watch. I don't know if I'll see it in the theater. If I'll wait to watch it in streaming, whatever. But I do. I'm I'm definitely intrigued with that way more than I've been with any Marvel film in many years. So. Yeah, All one right.
0: One. So talking about uh, really quickly, a couple other trailers dropped. So we got a trailer for Prey, which is going to be on Hulu, which is a new Predator movie.
1: Yeah. I was but a super, it's super set, teaser. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, set, yeah. set
0: amongst uh, Native Americans.
1: Yeah. I like that. I like taking taking an IP like that and really putting it in a different time zone, different time frame, and uh, making it really fresh and unique. So I, I think that's gonna be great. I'm looking forward
0: to. It. Yeah, and the director—it's from the director of Ten Cloverfield Lane, which I don't know if you've ever seen, but it's a really—that's a really well-done mm-hmm. movie. A really slow burn, kind of crazy. If—if if flips yeah. you in the end, it turns into something like you know wild. But yeah, it's really well done, and the tension is incredible. So that guy directing a Predator movie definitely has my interest.
1: For sure, should be fun comes out in August on Hulu. Right,
0: and the other... Hey, what what
1: about The Gray Man?
0: Well, that one came out, what, today, right? So we talked about that. Uh, The Gray Man is a Netflix movie with Ryan Gosling and Chris Evans and uh, Billy Billy Bob Thornton, Billy Bob Thornton, directed by the Russo brothers. It's, um, tonally, it's a little weird to me. I don't know.
1: You know, I thought the trailer was just okay. Um, I have a feeling it's going to be like most big-budget, high-concept Netflix movie releases, it's just going to be fun. It will be just okay. It looks – totally. it does look odd. It looks fun. I mean, it looks big-budget. It looks like a lot of action in it. I really like – I like Gosling. I like, uh, you know, Chris. Whatever, witchcraft, Pratt yeah. pine, Evans, whatever. Evans, <laughs> yeah. Um, I but like, the, um, the
0: weird, the, the weird, tonal thing is like the humor to it, right? Like, like yeah. Evans at one point go. I mean, Evans setting aside the weird mustache, which they yeah. reference in the in the trailer, but he's got a moment right. where he's like, "If you want to make an omelet, you got to kill some people." That's a cool <laughs> just line. Like, I do like that. Yeah, and I think I it's and you and silly. I are
1: both you and I are both big Billy Bob fans. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I think the movie is going to just be fair in the middle um, it looks like Billy on Bob's on. not
0: going to make it out of that movie alive for for a sequel. That's right.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah. Assuming there is a sequel, I don't know. Netflix may not Netflix may not even exist by the time we write a sequel. They're having some serious issues right now.
0: Right. Anna DeArmas is in the movie as well. Who you know everybody's hot for. Um, the other trailer I was going to mention uh, before you brought up Gray Man is Jeff Bridges doing yeah, the, old man. the old
1: man on FX. Yeah finally
0: oh my goodness that is a hell of a trailer
1: yeah really well cast with him and John Lipko um he's doing his kind of John Wick thing you know which is awesome and looks very international it looks good it looks really good if you
0: yeah and even visually I mean I think you texted me and were like wow this looks like a movie Mm -hmm. And it really does. Yeah. You can tell the production. Uh,
1: FX, I think, always does a good level of production value, but this is this is above and beyond. Like this looks like legitimately like a big budget film. I'm really excited about it, and that premieres June 14th. Yeah
0: my 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 level of excitement when I because I didn't I mean who knew what to expect I mean I, everybody loves Jeff Bridges I think he's a guy with yeah, a lot of goodwill and class. certainly he's after his after his cancer diagnosis and remission uh, which. Hopefully he's around for a lot more years, but man, it's just like, yeah, it looks like a movie. I, I don't know what the budget for it was, but it looks expensive. It looks like they went all over the place. It's Bridges doing kind of a Liam Neeson taken thing. I mean, he's beating the shit out. Yeah, of people. I mean, it looks like <laughs> like a like Liam Neeson
1: John Wick style thing. You know, where he's just a guy on you know Agent on the Run, whatever, and knows how to kill people, and it looks really good. I'm in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks uh like he's actually doing a lot of that, which is yeah. Given what he was facing prior, you know, or during,
1: pretty surprising. Mm-hmm. But yeah, looks great. Yeah, man. What else we got? What other trailer? It's been a lot of trailers. In the last
0: well, so just to mention, you know, we we talked about Top Gun Maverick, which is this weekend. But so we're gonna see Maverick, and you're gonna see it like three more times that weekend. But we also have Stranger Things season four dropping this weekend, at least the first half. Yeah,
1: well, it's more than that. I think it's it's all but two episodes. I think it's I think it's six or seven episodes are premiering on Friday, and they're only holding back two that are gonna premiere around July fourth. Well and, in, and
0: and the supposedly the last one is like an hour and forty minutes or something like that.
1: No, it's like two hour two and a half hours. Like there is one episode there you they go. said that is like a hundred and fifty minutes long. And the there average the average length of every episode in this first seat, in this first batch is dropping the first six, seven episodes, whatever, is like seventy five minutes or something. So yeah, it's it, it's way more than your normal, you know, fifty five, one hour long show on one of these streamers yeah Yeah. i'm excited about that premiering i will definitely watch that this weekend although you know i I tend to get a little bored with this this, the show as it goes on like i found you know trailers are great i always enjoy starring and be usually by the end of season two and three it's just I don't know, it becomes a little much and I have a feeling that's how I'm gonna be with this one if each episode like an hour and a half. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing I
0: don't it. know, man. Uh, that that finale in Starcourt Mall. I mean Yeah, that was that,
1: top top level. Yeah. That
0: was just excellent.
1: Yeah. Um, and then uh this Friday, Obi Wan, first two episodes are premiering, which is Right. And they just yeah.
0: released another clip of of Ewan talking with uh, Joel Joel Edgerton as as Uncle Owen Uncle reprising Owen. reprising his role from the
1: yeah yeah it was like a it was like a thirty second forty second clip where he's telling yeah. Uncle Owen he's checking on Luke and Uncle Owen's going just leave us alone he's going I told you like we have you know he has to be trained when the time is right and and Owen goes oh really like you trained his father yeah yeah it's, it's uh, so good
0: it's so good it's like. Yeah. I don't know who wrote that stuff, but it's it's leagues better than Mandalorian's writing and uh, well, Boba Fett.
1: Everything about it from just, I mean, everything about this feels leagues over Mandalorian and Boba Fett. I mean, let's be serious compared to the, this. Those to me felt like... A good Star Wars series, which is fine. You and, I, you and I have said many times, like, we're still kind of blown away when we turn on, you know, on a Friday morning and there's a new Star Wars show. You know, it's like we talked about it for forty years, people wanted that and here we have it and it's fine. Yeah. Obi-Wan and so and then and this episode
0: like uh, this this uh, premiere of Obi-Wan we're getting two episodes. We're basically, you know, probably yeah. getting close to 2 hours of of I hope stuff.
1: So. Speaking of length of shows, you know, The Mandalorian and Boba that were interesting. Some episodes were 45 50 minutes, some were like 35 minutes. So I'm really hoping that with this only being 6 episodes long that each episode is at least 50 55 minutes. I really hope they're not 30 minutes. Yeah, me too.
0: In. Me too. Yeah. Um, let me of, ask you uh, also the the trailers. Now I know you're not huge on this either, but we sort of talked about this before. They finally released a full trailer for Avatar Two: The Way of Water. Did yeah, you look at that?
1: I did, and I couldn't. I can't even begin to tell you how underwhelmed I was with that. Um, look, I I liked Avatar when it came out. I saw it several times. Um. For me, it really hasn't held up in the 13 years, and it's not something that I really go back and revisit much. And the trailer felt exactly like that. And it wasn't, it was very just calm and quiet, you know, the way of water. Like, it, you go, go back to 2009 and find on YouTube the original teaser for Avatar. And it was, it, it was kind of mind blowing. Because it was like action in the teaser and it just, you never seen it before. So now, you know, they've lost the elements. People know what to expect in the Avatar movie. And this gives you the look of Avatar and they're underwater and they're big whales and whatever. But it was not exciting at all to me. There was not one, there was not one bit in there where I went, wow, that's James Cameron.
0: There were, there were life. some shots that I, Thought, it was wow, that's mind blowing! That that's performance capture yeah, technology. It was, it particularly beautiful. the underwater I stuff.
1: Be, I agree with that. It still just was not enough to really get me excited about it. Like I'm watching a trailer, I'm going, "Man, I don't even know if I'm going to go see this." Like I just.
0: Well, like I, I, you'll go see it. I mean, like I said before, don't, don't count out James Cameron. He guy, the guy. I Always yeah. innovates, always surprises. At the very least, I mean, look, the story of the first Avatar is Pocahontas or Dances with Wolves or Last Samurai. It's a, it's the one of the oldest stories ever told, yeah, right? Part. Guy, yeah, guy comes into yeah. a, a different uh, group of people and sort of falls in love with their way of life and blah 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 and stays. So that's that's the whole Jake yeah. Sully story. So there was nothing new about that story. What was new was the visual aspect and the immersive aspect and uh, James Cameron you know using those exo suits like he did back in Aliens and stuff like that um and it was cool it was an experience and it was it was i mean i saw it in IMAX i I, re- I remember it very well did i did i love the movie did i love the dialogue no not in particular you know i worked on the movie on the first one um it was an interesting experience to see how that happens you know how how is, how it's made yeah. uh
1: this and you and i saw it together um we actually i was i was visiting la in 2010 early 2010 we went and saw it at the city walk in the, the major the real life right, right universal city walk and i think you, that you'd already seen it twice i'd already seen it twice at that point it was a big deal then yeah so um, i mean
0: you know the, the, this new one the underwater stuff i mean look <laughs> The fact that James Cameron really took the cast and crew underwater like he was shooting the Abyss again, (laughs) even though they're going to they're going to perform his capture and cover everything up. uh, That's astonishing. And uh, I am curious to see how he's bringing back Stephen Lang. I'm curious to see how he's bringing back uh, Sigourney. Like, uh, you know, he's got some of the same cast in there. He's got some new cast in there. There's a character that uh, that looks like a human that that the Navee are raising. That's wearing one of the gas mask things, but it's, but it's yeah. not, it's not like he put, you know, just shot an actual kid and then put him into the Navi No, that he's performance capture too. So that may very I'm well sure be, it, I'm sure it's going to be, the, it's probably going to be, but that awesome. may very well think. be the, the first actual photo real human. I mean, I know they're kind yeah. of doing it on Mandalorian or Boba Fett or whatever Luke, but this is a kid yeah being portrayed as it as a human that's actually a performance catcher thing
1: it just feels like if you're gonna spend a decade filming a sequel a little series of sequels that when you give people their first taste of it to try and bring them back into the world you do it a little more you know a little more well like i said like
0: i said i'm sure you know this was the first trailer we're gonna see more yeah. um before the movie comes out, and I'm sure it's going to the wow factor will will get everybody. And if and if not, uh, Disney will bankrupt itself on these <laughs> on these next three or four movies they're doing
1: yeah. in this series. A yeah, billion dollars invested in it. Yeah, wow, Disney's got enough where they can take a loss like that. But trust me, they will they will not be pleased. They'll go, man, we should have left this out of that Fox deal. Yeah. Jeez yeah exactly but I think it will perform and there's not that many yeah you know, there's not that many big movies coming out this Christmas break. like there's just not that it that is the big high concept big budget kind of like Christmas week New year's holiday event film and I don't think there's anything else coming out even remotely besides yeah so it 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 will dominate it will dominate Christmas box it will for sure I don't know that it's gonna do. Really, maybe it might not might, might even do half what the first Avatar did. I don't know. The first over the first Avatar overperformed so much. But even if it, you know, I, I hope they're not trying to set that bar. Okay, this is going to do 1.9 billion dollars, worth of failure. Because if they do, they may be setting themselves up for failure. But it, it'll do well. It'll be. Fun. Yeah. It'll it be will. enough to where they'll go. Okay, we, we'll still we'll still finish Avatars uh, three, four, and twelve. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it okay. will. Listen, in our last episode, yeah. you and I talked a little bit about the fallout from Justin Lin walking away from the Fast franchise in in, in the first yeah. week or two of shooting, um, and and what that might yeah. do. Apparently, it was full speed ahead over there at Universal and uh, Louis Leterrier. Known for uh-huh. kind of the transporter, uh, Jason Statham franchise has stepped in. Um, not a not a big story director, but I guess nobody's looking for Fast and Furious movies to be story based. Um, they're just supposed to be uh, action set piece based.
1: It. You know, Vin Vin Diesel's as we, as we talk about is probably ghost directing. I mean, right. Amazing,
0: you know. And uh, I have today, found it funny
1: though in the last. Go ahead. Uh, today
0: they announced that uh, you know since. Fast and Furious movies are all about family. Uh, they have they yeah. have cast no, been, Rita Moreno as Grandma, Grandma the Toretta. Of Dom. <laughs> yeah. 91 91 know, you know, years the, old.
1: In the last week and a half, Ben has been on a social media PR campaign where he's posting way more videos of him on the set than he normally does. And it's like, Badley. you know, here's blah, blah, blah. here's me hanging out with uh, Jason Law. You know, just not buying it. I just go, okay, I'm sure that your publicist said, look, you took some heat when Justin Lin walked off the films. Everybody knows that's because of you. So we need you to step up your game <laughs> and show how much fun everybody's having on the set and how great it is. To now have you know Captain Marvel in it, now we have got Dom's grandmother. I just, I, I was, I'm been a Fast and Furious fan for a lot of years. um I really got into it with the fourth film um, and stayed a fan through about Fast seven or eight. I thought the last one was really not good. I just, I really was bored with Fast nine. And for me, I have a feeling that this just looks like more of that. Like it just, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure I'll see it and. Um, but it, I'm just going. Man, it just, well, it, you
0: and I, you and I were fans of Justin Lin's earlier entries. Yeah, right? we were, we, we were, and we are fans, and which is why we will probably appreciate stuff about Maverick. We are fans of Practical. So even though I don't love, you know, some of Christopher Nolan's recent stuff, what I respect about those movies is that when shit is blowing up. It's really blowing up when cars are flipping over. They're really flipping over. Yeah. Justin Lin started that way and then slowly started to get away from it and get into like CG airplanes. And yeah, um, F. Gary Gray took it well off from that with submarine chases. And just I mean, the the level of ridiculousness, like if they had stuck with the whole vibe of Fast Five, which is like we're going to pull off these heists. Yeah. um, Yeah. That that I thought was great, but then Kurt Russell's character came in and it's,
1: Well, I don't know if was fine with it's... that, but it just became, like, this is a problem. This is where I've kind of gone sour in the Marvel movies. With the last couple of Avengers movies, they just became so big with so many characters and so spread out that I just thought, I'm just, I'm, I, I'm not into this anymore. I feel like they're, they're trying to go in too, too many different directions, and this to me feels like that and it's just the last fast was way over the top with it cg it was way silly and they've gone that route you know and they have gone that route like you said ever since fast five was the last one that really felt practical and really had real effects and fast six i was fine with even though you know most of the finale on with the plane on the 30 mile runway you know most of that was cg it worked it was great a lot of times it was okay and then they got to the Fast Seven, which is the one really had a lot of challenges with, because that's where Paul Walker got got even more kind of over the top CG fine. But the last time we got to Fast Eight, but that one was good. That good. was good. To me, that was like that was
0: that was the identical. last excellent one.
1: Yeah, yeah. And then Fast Eight, you know, with not really that into it. Fast Nine didn't like at all. And this I can just tell with all these characters that are in all that, you know, everybody's in now. It's like, oh, Dom's grandmother, they hire some person. I'm just going. I just don't, I just don't care. Like, I I, I really think that it's smart that they are wrapping up the series because I think that they have hit a point of exhaustion and a point of, and Fast 9, granted it was released last year, you know, during COVID, whatever, but it it, it didn't do the numbers that the other films have done. I really feel like, okay. Fast 7 was the pinnacle as far as box office as well. And that's all made over a billion dollars. And it's been on the downhill slide since it's like, okay, let's wrap it up. And it also bothers me, the stuff with Vin, just kind of like, and I look at the, how he is behind the scenes and everybody knows, you know, and I I worked with him on, you know, everybody knows kind of that, just, I, you know, how pompous and full city is basically. And that, and that just turns, <laughs> and, it, and that turns me off too, you know? It's yeah, just no, goes, I, I completely agree. Justin Lin always just come off as like, a, you know, in interviews, whatever. I never worked with him. I seem like a great guy, you know? And like the point that, where you, you basically browbeat a director to, to a point where he's like, I don't care. Take my $12 million. I'm out. of It just is like, it just kind of turns me off to the whole series. You know, and that's why I'm watching some of these insta stuff he's putting on Facebook videos, with I go, this is all this feels like such bullshit. Like it like it just does. So we'll see. Um we'll see how it is. Lewis I could Lewis area. I could care less. I mean, he's a journeyman director, is whatever. I don't think it's gonna matter. I think that it's you know, fast seven and fast eight were both filmed by different directors and frankly. They had they had the same DP, the same second unit director, the same stunt coordinator. They were interchangeable, you know. So, um, sure, it, I'm sure it'll be fine. But it, uh, you know, I, I, I just I, I have a feeling I'm gonna look at it kind of like it is the last two Avengers films and go, it's so long and all the time so spread out to the characters that I have lost interest in it. That's just me. <laughs> I like a little more focus, you know. I like a little yeah. more focus on my stories and characters. I don't need forty, you know, forty major characters running all over the place. yeah yeah Yeah, there's uh two
0: more things i wanted to ask you really quick um i forget were you a fan of game of thrones or no
1: i was and and since you bring that up um i know where this is going i was i i feel like that show the last season kind of chit to bed like a lot of people do
0: completely it was terrible yeah
1: and and the trailer of this new spinoff um house of dragons whatever I could care less like I watched it and I went man I think HBO is in is in for a disappointment with this at the time that they greenlit it you know they were like okay Game of Thrones everybody loves it whatever let's see if we can keep this train going I you know kind of like but I think they waited too late kind of like what what uh, Paramount is doing right now with all the Yellowstone spin-offs. Well Yellowstone is in the midst of a very beloved show that's still at the prime you know it's it's peak power and everything people you know the spinoffs are great 1883 was great i'm very excited about the upcoming spinoff harrison ford everything game of thrones ended now several years ago and ended on such a sour note it just feels like i don't think people are going to care and it's really interesting that they put this out they're 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 putting the show out two weeks before amazon's releasing its lord of the rings prequel right and, and you know that that's strategic. You know that HBO, cause the shows are after the same audience, the fantasy, you know, they're, they're clearly after the same audience. And it is funny that HBO said, well, let's get this out two weeks before and see if we can steal some of that Amazon Lord of the Rings thunder. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm way more. I, I will probably watch the first episode of the Amazon spinoff. I have a feeling I'm going to be bored by it. I have a feeling I will not watch it anymore. I am excited about the Lord of the Rings. Um, prequel series much more so
0: yeah I'm I'm not as excited about Lord of the Rings but I'm I'm fully with you on the the House of the Dragon I it just I can't get excited about it because no. I invested so much in the original series and I yeah. really liked it it's not even necessarily my genre but I fully got into that show and you know just it's the, not my the, genre at all the, the at actors all, just well. killed it and yeah that last i mean as soon as Tyrion said in the last episode spoiler alert for people who has a better story than bran the brave i was like what the fuck are you talking about every one of you has a better story than bran the brave it was the worst storyline of the the last it's a
1: textbook it's a textbook you know way of, of literally just just dropping the ball like you know you have this great series that is building towards a finale that just doesn't deliver a final season doesn't deliver. but i don't even know
0: how they did that like did they just did the two dancers like get bored and they're like we we fucking want to be off this now we got a star wars Maybe. movie that didn't end up happening but they're like we would just want to make our star wars movie so let's just end it and i think but you show, know i
1: there, it, there's not many people to talk about anymore. There's not many people that rewatch it. It's not like. Some, no, and like that happens
0: you know, when you when you have a show that's yeah. so beloved and then you just fuck the ending so badly, it ruins the that's entire right. series.
1: That's right. You so know. then to go and spend, you know, a hundred and something million dollars on a prequel or a, a spinoff series. It doesn't. You know, I, I think they're I think they're going to be in for a rude awakening. I think. Yeah. They're gonna,
0: I mean, I'm like uh, you. I, I'm going to I'm going to watch the first one. And uh, yeah. It'll have to do something pretty special to, to get me to invest because the, the I thought that series... trailer was
1: boring. I thought that trailer looked like one of the more boring episodes or seasons of Game of Thrones, which there were plenty of those, by the way, you know. I mean for yeah, every it just for it every just episode looks... of Game of Thrones that really propelled the story forward and had action, whatever, there were like six or seven where it was like watching, you know, downtown. Yeah, Matthews. they had, they had, had Matthews, like, they had a lot of fillers.
0: They had a lot of fillers. A lot of fillers. And um, I
1: watched this trailer looked to me like the whole show was filler.
0: <laughs> well, we're gonna see, but uh, one more thing because I know you are a Cobra Kai fan. We we did get a teaser, and you and I didn't talk about that. We got a little teaser for season five on Netflix.
1: Yeah, did you see that it looks fun. That's I love that show. Easy breezy, thirty minutes. It's just it's a fun show. It's not a whole lot of depth to it. It's not, but it is. It's a fun show. I like. You know, where you and I differ on certain things is you ten you you really like like the Ozark, the heavy, heavy stuff, you know, which I'm fine with some of it. But I, I you know, I like maritime to be a little bit lighter if I can help it. And Cobra Kai is just like like eating a bowl of ice cream. It's just it's not that great for it. There's nothing nutritional about it, but it's fun. You know, so yeah, I'm I'm totally into that. Can't wait.
0: Yeah, me too. Really, really excited for that. Thank you, Netflix, for keeping that going um yeah. i think that's it folks we're gonna we're gonna get out of here in under an hour uh this episode maybe try and do that from now on but we'll see um we are going to hit you with that bruce willis discussion uh possibly i want to do
1: that and then like i said before i want to do this Sylvester stallone episode yeah so I, that so I the one. bruce willis
0: yeah. might possibly be our our next episode if you're into that so you can turn tune in for that well later. but
1: hold on Sean. the next episode we're gonna have to at least start the episode talking about maverick and i have a feeling that's going to take because (laughs) we're going to have seen it like that's true i have a feeling that's going to be a 30 but we can do like maybe like 20 minutes on maverick you know
0: for those that are interested and then we'll finish the next 30 40 minutes that's true all right so and well and and we that's your schedule but we but we owe it we owe it to ourselves to uh well not that we need to but we owe it to ourselves to sort of brush up on some of the top uh bw movies you know so, um, yeah. and, and you, as I've said before, you should start uh, getting together a couple of stories about your experience with them on Bandits, because uh, I think I'm that gone. would be fun. But um, yeah, they're thanks. right.
1: Hey, I don't have to dig too deep. They're right. In
0: the <laughs> <box>. <laughs> thanks for listening, everybody. If you're tuning in, and uh, if you have a moment, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. That would be helpful. And um, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one.
1: Take care, everybody.
0: Thanks, everybody.